for joining me for another episode of In the Damn Way, Life, Love, and Everything in Between. I am your host, your bestie from the Westie. I know that was lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm your girl, Brandy Alexander, the real Brandy Alexander. And tonight we're going to talk about teenage drug abuse, which um, a lot of people may feel like um, this is a topic that um, may not need to be discussed or may be boring, but even if it's boring, it's very informative. Um, and from what I saw today on a Netflix special, something that we need to talk more about. Um, so let me just start by saying everything that I'm going to tell you, well, most of everything that I'm going to tell you tonight is of my opinion and what I feel like or what I have seen and observed observed as a parent as well as what I've seen and observed of my peers um, when I was a teenager and a lot of people love to say oh times have changed especially these new generation people times have changed um, and they have they've gotten worse though they've gotten worse with how you can um, keep an eye on what it is that your children are doing with doing which is what causes more of this um, drug abuse and addiction to things that we should be more careful of allowing our ch children to become addicted to. Um, so I was trying to do some research about the amount of children that have an addiction to drugs. But then as I started to do that, I started to think about addiction and drug abuse. Drug, The drug that we're actually after is dopamine, right? Anything that stimulates the brain and, and makes it um, happy or, you know, feel like you're out of this world, we're trying to change the thought of the brain. So since we're trying to change the thought of our thoughts of our brain, it not only includes actual drugs but things that are addictive just like drugs right so in doing my little research um i did find out that in 2022 it was reported that 11 percent of 11th graders 21.5 percent of 10th graders and 32.6 percent of 12th graders were, were report, reported drug use had reported drug use and let me just say, it says reported, right? So we're not talking about the unreported cases because I'm pretty sure this number would be higher than that. And then it didn't break it down into geogra geographical areas, which I had hoped to find, but I was, was unable to find. So hopefully I can um, get that information because I feel like it's very important to kind of know um, geographical dem demographics, um, that kind of break down where and how um, and what they say um, causes these types of addictions. Um, but since they're only talking about drug addictions, again, I think it's 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 not relevant because that's kind of sticking addiction into one place. And unfortunately, in my opinion, addiction is more than just drugs. 
So addiction to me um, is anything that you have to have. You can't function without it. So um, one thing that I've learned um, is that anything meant to be addictive is marketed with children in mind. Notice I didn't say it's marketed for children, but it's marketed with children in mind. Why? Because the brains of children, which is actually a study that has um, gone out, is more, far more, not just more, but far more impressionable than adult brains, meaning they are more open to learning and they are more open to being shaped by outside facts. Factors, and that's according to the Boston Children's Digital Wellness Lab.org. Now, remember when I said we were chasing the dopamine? Dopamine is that chemical messenger in the brain um, with many roles and, and, and with imbalances is related to mental illness, addiction, and Parkinson's disease. So when we knock it out of balance, we can we can tell that things change, right? So um, I just, <laughs> I go back to when I first tried weed. Oh my God. Um, when I say that was the best feeling ever, and I probably should not say that, but I'm going to say that because I'm going to say this right after that, but it was the best feeling ever because I had no feeling of my of my reality um everything was so funny it was just a grand old time um and i'm not condoning that what i'm saying um what i'm saying is that um i'm sorry y'all i got a text in the in the midst of what i'm doing whatever what i'm saying is that that's what happened to me Right. So and that feeling that I got from that made me want to do it again and again and again and again. Now, that feeling was representative of who the people I was behind, were around. Remember, I said that um, the dopamine, it 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 plays a role. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, our brains are um, open to being shaped by outside factors. OK, remember, I said that. So now when I was with one set of people, um, everything was lovely, everything was good. And, but when I was with another set of people, I had to be a different kind of way. Like I could not enjoy the high. Um, the high itself wasn't good because then I started taking the money that I was supposed to be going to do this with. And I was taking it to go and do that with. So again, I'm not saying I'm not condoning it. I know that they are making it legal. I'm not doing that. What I'm, what I'm trying to explain to you is how it changes um, your mindset and what it does to your brain. So I'm just giving you an example. So please, if you are watching this and you are a teenager, please know I do not. You can ask my 25-year-old son. Do not condone um, children um, smoking weed. But at this time, I was, I did, and that's how it made me feel. And so I wanted to chase that feeling. Other drugs that make you feel this same type of feeling and um I, I used to wonder back in the day when crack cocaine had hit the scene and people said that they were chasing jason i don't know if you guys remember that if you're my age or older i know you do but um if you were in that 
sing. I, I was um, by default, but nevertheless, um, they said that they were chasing Jason. And I asked someone who was addicted to crack one day, what does that mean, chasing Jason? And um, the response that they gave me was, when you first do crack, there's a feeling that you get. That's how you become addicted because you're constantly trying to get that feeling from that first high that you're never going to get again. It's never going to be the same. You're never going to get that high because your body gets used to it, but that's how you become addicted to it. Other drugs, opiates, alcohol, nicotine, um, amphetamines, cocaine. We just talked about cocaine because that's what's in crack. Something you may not know, but emotions that give dopamine. Satisfying foods or sexual activity. On the flip side of that, that creates positive dopamine, right? That makes you feel good when you're done. The flip side of that is stress and anxiety, which which it, it does give dopamine, but not at a good level. Other things that mess with your brain um, that give off dopamine is music and social media. And the reason why I, I wanted to bring that up is because these children these days love social media. They love music. They always got those ear pods in their ears, even myself included as an adult. Um, you know, sometimes I have to take the music out of my um, out of my ear because it changes my mood. And I don't even realize I can go from laughing to crying to mad to I done brought up stuff from 20 years ago, all from just listening to my playlist um, because it's all over the place. So I'm worshiping God and then I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm, I'm going through that. And then I come back and then I'm crying and it's just all over the place. But it's releasing this dopamine that's giving me an emotion or giving me a feeling that's changing that chemical balance in my brain, um, and I don't even know it. Again, with social media, you can go through and be on it for hours because it's giving your brain what it wants, and it's like it's a drug. It's addictive. Um, and so the thing when I talk about um, marketing is that they make things look so pleasurable um, so that it dangles in front of you like a carrot. And I don't know if you guys have heard that in expression, dangling some a carrot in front of someone's face. It's as if you're enticing them to want more. Look what else I can give you. Look what else you can get from this. Um, and so that's what it does. What makes it worse is when we as parents, we either condone or we give them that thing that causes them to be addictive. I tried my best, and I've spoke about this, spoken about this before, but I tried my best to wait the longest to let my children have a cell phone. Why? Because I, I tried to tell them social media takes a particular type of brain to be able to handle the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, whatever you want to call it, the scrutiny, all of that. It takes a certain type of brain. If your brain is not mature enough, if your brain is, is already shaky because you may be dealing with some traumas or what have you, social media is not for you. Now, I've told you, and this is not a secret, my kids didn't grow up with their father. Yes, they all have one dad, but they, they did not grow up with him um, because of extenuating circumstances. But nevertheless, um, 
that trauma that happened to them was something that I was constantly dealing with, constantly battling, constantly trying to keep them on point, trying to keep them engaged, trying to keep them on the right path. And, and so I didn't need anything to kind of sway where I was trying to get them. If I can get them through high school, I've done my job. If I can get them through college, I've exceeded my job, which is even better. Um, and then we need to talk about careers. And then we need to talk about them having what they need in order to, you know, sustain a, a, a good living. So all of these things were going through my mind. And so I did not want anything to take them off track. If you've heard me before, I wouldn't even let my parents, and I love them dearly, um, I wouldn't even let my parents really chastise my children. And I know some people are going to say, what? That doesn't make sense. My whole thing, and I've had this conversation with my mom and dad, so it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, saying anything that they don't know. And my dad is deceased, so he's not even here anyway. But nevertheless, if you didn't raise me, you will not raise my children. You will not. Because I'm trying to understand what can you teach them if you could not teach me. Um, and that's not to be disrespectful that's just my that was just my way of raising my children but nevertheless I was trying to keep the cell phones out of our household because I knew what social media was going to do I was trying to keep it contained and honestly I did not allow them to have cell phones until they were 16. Now did they have them? Probably because it it, it became so easy right when cell phones cell phones first came out if you wasn't on a plan and you didn't pay your bill that phone was off wasn't no wi-fi to connect to to use a phone as time progressed it got easier and easier to have a phone without it being on so you were fighting two battles one you trying to keep them from learning about this world that can be toxic but then it's so easy for them to get what they need. If somebody has an extra phone or someone upgrades and give them a phone and then they got Wi-Fi, bam. And I needed Wi-Fi at home, you know, for work, not knowing that I'm really feeding this demon that's in my household of addiction. Um, and now, um, again, I say my children are not as bad. Um, when it comes to that cell phone, I mean, I have one that loves, loves, loves um, TikTok. But I do have to say that they have some self-control, which is a blessing. Um, but, you know, it doesn't work that way for everybody. So, um, moving forward. Um, so, as a parent, I have to say that this is what we feel our children. We want to give them everything. We want them to have everything. We, um, we, we're not as connected with what's happening as we should be. Um, so I was watching a, a show today, a Netflix series on the um, Jewel Vape. Uh, it was a minute before I even knew what vaping was. My kids could have had a vape. And I wouldn't have known anything. And they probably did. Um, I'm not going to even sit here to, you know, be the first to tell you, oh, not my children. That, that's a lie. Um, but 
it was so easy for them to get. Um, it was a, a it was a big thing. And the one thing that I learned was that the parents were just turning a blind eye to this thing that these kids got in their mouth and they smoking on it and letting the children tell you that it's just water and flavor. We have to do our due diligence. Again, just like social media has predators, these marketing people, when they put out things, they're pre they're um being they're pre mm, I'm trying to get the right word. They're being predators toward our children. Let me just say that. Um so we have to make sure that we're paying attention, we're up on things, and I know it's hard with life and all of that, but if we want to slow the process, because stopping the process altogether, I mean, you would literally have to lock them in a house and never let them outside um, and never go outside yourself in order for everyone to not um, be involved with what's going on in the world. So, again, being more cognizant and just saying, oh, OK, I know exactly what that is or checking up on it. Don't just let them tell you, oh, yeah, this is just water and flavoring. Uh, No. No, let me see that. I'm nosy. I'm nosy. I'm all over my children with both feet. Do they get things by me? Yes, but they have to be very good at it because I promise you, I'm trying to see. And then we have those parents who want to be their children's friends. Another way we fail our children. I remember the first time I ever had a drink of alcohol. I wasn't at a frat party in college. I wasn't at, you know, some friend's house who done stole their mom alcohol. I was with a very responsible person who was supposed to be responsible, adult, um, who was supposed to be, yeah, who was supposed to care enough about me to not um, allow me to drink, actually offer me my first drink of alcohol. And I liked it. I liked it. And so it made me want to go to that person's house as often as I could because I knew what I could do when I got there. Mind you, I'm what? 11, 12, drinking. Now, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Otherwise, I would probably look a hot mess at this point. But what I'm saying is, this is what we do a disservice to our children when we try to be our children's friends. Um, and it, it it only grew from there. You know, every adult that I was around was condoning whatever it was that I wanted to do. No one was telling me no. No one. I can't remember one single solitary person telling me no other than my mom. I knew better to disrespect her no matter what her lifestyle was. I knew better than that. But any other adult, I had free reign to do whatever I wanted to do. Nobody was saying anything. I was smoking cigarettes. I guess I'm out of going to the store and get me, you know, some cigarettes. No problem. You know, somebody was 18. They, oh, yeah. I raised some back. You know, weed. Oh, yeah. You can get it. And it, and I, and I understand, you know, I do, I get it, and I try not to be a stick in the mud, but here's the thing. I'm tired of our children growing up to be addictive to anything. 
but being responsible. So we got a bunch of children still living at home or not being responsible or, you know, just outright lazy because we've allowed them to do what it is they want to do. So call me what you want. I'm trying to raise adults, not not keep children, adult children, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so just like I said, my, my childhood in itself was a hot mess. But it allowed me to do a lot. It allowed me to see a lot. Um, and then when I had my own children, having those conversations were hard. I didn't want to tell my child that, you know, yeah, I was drinking it. Yeah, yeah. I was drunk before I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want them to judge me. I didn't want them to look at me any kind of way. I didn't want them to disrespect me. But had I been open and honest, I probably could have kept them from getting into some of the things that they got into because of what they saw. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then I'm going to let you guys go um, throughout your night. So again, like I said, there's no... I can't give you any tips to stop this from happening. I can't tell you anything that's going to stop this from happening. All I can say is we have to start protecting our children. We have to start being advocates. We have to start standing on the front line and saying, wait a minute, what you doing? Where you going? We have to be nosy. Like there was a time when you couldn't just be anywhere and do anything. You just couldn't. One, because it was the nosy neighbor or the nosy somebody's going to see it. You better go far, far away where can't nobody tell your mama because if it's somebody around there who can tell your mama, trust and believe, do something. See what's going to happen. Now we're at a point where everybody's, including myself, in their house, minding their business. I don't want to get involved. Da, 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 and these kids are out of control. From respect to drug, drug abuse. Um, and I'm not talking about just doing drugs. I'm also talking about selling drugs, which is also an addiction in my book. You want to make that money, that quick money. Instead of me going to work at McDonald's, I'm going to go ahead and sell a little weed. Well, go ahead and sell that weed. But if you get caught, then what? You getting kicked out of school? Or you going to jail, depending on how old you are. Or both, depending on the situation. Is it worth that? Do we want to teach them to be hustlers at an early age? Drug hustlers? Instead of hustling educationally so that you can be your own boss and do your own thing and, you know, not be afraid to go above and beyond for yourself? Like, and I understand, you know, these kids say college is ghetto, it's a ripoff and... School is ghetto. It's a ripoff. It is. To some extent. But because you need it, ain't no point in complaining about it. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But anyway. So I have a few suggestions on what we can do to help the situation. Again, I can't fix it. I don't believe anyone can actually fix it because it's just so widespread there's no easy way to fix it at this point. I mean, we have the opioid epidemic where it's killing adults. But it's not just killing adults, it's killing families. Um, it's killing kids too. 
Um, but, you know, no one wants to have that real conversation. Build church and state in your home. Church and state. Meaning, what we do as adults, you don't get to see as a child. Period. We may have our good time together, whatever, but when I'm in that mode, when I'm having, you know, fun and drinking my alcohol with my friends and I got friends over, that's not a place for children. We don't need to let them think that it's okay. Um, we all one, we one big happy family. Um, I remember back in the day, you didn't go in the house if wrong folks was in there talking. You just didn't do it. Not and sit there. You're not getting what? You better get on out of here. My children, same thing. Get on out of here. What are you doing? And as an adult, and even though they are adults, it's still a respect thing. They might stand there, but more than likely they're going to walk off. My mama having a conversation, oh, I'm going to leave. Yeah, because we ain't play that. We ain't play that. But again, some of the stuff that I should have been shielding them from, I didn't, which was on me. So when I was drinking real bad, I was drinking in front of my children. Now, let's, let's not get it twisted. I was not getting inebriated beyond repair in front of my children, but I did have drinks in front of my children. So whether they thought it was okay or whether that enticed them to want to see what that feeling felt, because if they did see me um, intoxicated, you know, let, oh, I want to see what that be like. I put that on them. Um, and so having church and state, finding your time to have a good time without your children feeling like they can be involved is very important. We have to bring that back. And I know, again, y'all, we want to be too close to our children. But I look at it like this, and I even tussled with this in my brain today. I said... There's a worker, and then there's the person who owned the company. I can't go straight walk in the door unless I was hired to do so. If I was hired to be a worker, I can't go straight to being the CEO. It just don't work that way. And my CEO is not going to have certain conversations with me because I'm the worker. He's going to have conversations with the GM. GM is going to have conversations with the manager. Manager is going to have conversations with the crew. I'm just using fast food lingo for this situation. But if it was professional world, there's the, the president, vice president, and so forth and so on. But you get the point I'm trying to make. There is hierarchy. Conversations had in certain circles, I'm not allowed, to, I'm not privy to. So why am I making my children so privy to my life to where I'm saying it's okay to do what I'm doing? That's number one. Number two, having a hard conversation about um, personal struggles, struggles, if you have them, or if you know someone who has had them, especially family, because they say that addiction is can be passed down to the children. The only reason why I bring that up is because I had a therapist who told me that and her and I almost fell out because one thing you won't do is put those words on my children. But I get it. 
I get it. I guess. I get it. Um, but I wasn't abusing or I thought I wasn't abusing to where you could say those words. But what she was saying was actually true. You know, if you're abusing drugs and alcohol or alcohol at the time and your ex-husband's abusing um, marijuana at the time, he wasn't a big drinker, he was a smoker, I was a drinker. But your kids are more than likely to be addicted to something. Now, I don't proclaim my kids to be addicted to anything as far as drugs. I thank God for that. But at the end of the day, it can happen. It can happen. If you're not paying attention, it can and it will. So we need to make sure that we have the hard conversations. If, if we have a, a drug issue again, let me go back to when I was a teenager. And when I did all those things, if I had just been open and honest with my children, I probably could have stopped my children from wanting to um, try marijuana when they were younger. Or I probably could have not, uh, you know, um, kept them from wanting to try their first taste of alcohol when they were younger. Um, not saying it would have, but at least I would have had that conversation to say, hey, I understand what you're going through. I understand, you know, you have friends that may be doing it, but you have to be a lot smarter. Like, let me tell you about the time when I was trying to be everybody's friend. And so I was doing this and doing that. And this is true. Doing this and doing that. I'm smoking cigarettes with these people. I'm smoking weed with these people. I'm drinking with these people. All to be included in the group because I was not included. I had nothing that tied me to these people other than me picking up what they were doing and wanting to do it myself, in turn, um, caused me to like doing it so much that, well, they ain't have to entice me anymore. This is what I do, you know. Anyway, if your child does this, uh, the third point, if your child does become addicted, be there to support them with boundaries. With boundaries. Um, so, and, and that's the difference between supporting versus enabling. Um, I have a, a nephew and he has some very bad issues um, as far as when it comes down to um, addiction and that sort of thing. And um, I tried my best to be there for him time, time again, time, time again. Um, but I was always there to pick up the pieces when he needed me to. When he called me and he needed money or when he called me and he needed a ride or when he called me and he needed a place to stay for a few days. My, my answer was always yes, 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 yes. Until I, I, I understood I'm not helping him. I'm just enabling him. I'm allowing him to get sober or to fix his problem or to get his next high. I don't know where the money was going, but I'm allowing him to be okay with whatever it is he's doing because I'm picking him up in the process and making it okay. I'm, I'm putting a Band-Aid on the boo-boo and I'm saying, it's okay, auntie's here. And then he's right back out there. I wasn't helping him, I was enabling him. Um, it wasn't until I started to say no, I stopped being his crutch to lean on. You want to stand up? You have to stand up on your own two feet. I put it in his, in his, in the ball in his court. But what I said to him was, I love you and I'm always here. I'm just not going to be here for you to lean on when you want to lean on just because you want to dry out for a few days or you need money to get whatever you're trying to get. I'm not going to be that person. I had to create those boundaries, which is not easy when you're talking about family 
or when, even if it would if they would have been my own sons. I don't know how how I would have been able to handle that. So, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is coming from trauma situations. So, th the first part of what I gave you was mostly for being in what they call normal households, right? Somewhat. But what if you come from a trauma household? For the adults that's on this line tonight or that's, that's watching this podcast or will watch this podcast, if you know that your sister or brother is addicted to what have you, niece, nephew is addicted to what have you, and they have children, and you don't try to get them out of that situation or you don't try to pour something positive into them to help them through that situation and you allow them to continue to be traumatized over and over again because of what their parents are doing or what have you or what they're doing already you suck and that's period um we have to intercede on our family's behalf if I'm the one that's not addicted and you're the one that's addicted and you have children, I need to be there in some capacity. I'm not saying move everybody into your house. What I'm saying is you have to be there to have for them to have someone to lean on in order to help them through. I didn't say fix it. I didn't say enable them. I said help them through what it is that they're dealing with because it is very hard as a child watching your parent do what they're doing and when they become um um intoxicated in whatever drug it is that they're chasing you're the one that's affected especially if they don't know how to control or whatever that drug or you know whatever it does to them they don't know how to control their emotions after that you're the one who becomes affected and if you're the one who becomes affected that that weighs on you we have to intercede on those those people behalf and i understand it can it's a heavy you know um pill to swallow and, and not a heavy pill to swallow but it is a big pill to swallow it's also a heavy duty to ask for a person who is probably saying well i don't have anything to do with that she need to get herself together well instead of saying she needs she or he needs to get themselves together why not help the children who need the help Yes, that person does need to get themselves together, but they're not. So by you saying it doesn't make it happen. It just keeps the other people um, affected um, down when you need to be keeping them from becoming what they're seeing, which means showing them something positive, taking them out whenever you have time. But giving them that time that they need that they may not be given from that getting from that parent who may be addicted. Something to think about. And what if it's an abusive situation? What if the person has been abused um, sexually and, and they want to self-soothe by drinking or doing drugs or what have you? If you got a way to get them some help, get them some help. Get them a counselor. Put them in some groups. If you can. Now, I'm not saying you have to give everything you have, but sometimes we don't give enough to the ones that need it. We'll give everything to the people who just take in what we're giving, but we don't give enough to the people who need it. And so because of that, 
you know, these abuse children who may be abused in what kind of whatever kind of way, they end up being addicted to whatever drug it is. Again, you're looking at one. So had I had someone that was not addicted to something actually there, um, interceding on my behalf and being there for me and showing me a different light. Again, I told you every adult that I was around, I was able to drink, do drugs, whatever. When I say do drugs, I mean marijuana. I just want to make that clear. But um, I was able to do whatever because no one was checking me. They were taking me away from my situation. You know, my when my mom got drunk, you know, her mouth got reckless. And so they were taking me away from that. But you're taking me away from that and you're taking me to a situation where I'm allowed to be an adult and I'm not even old enough to be making these decisions. Just because you're going to back probably hang out with my mom. You're just removing me from the situation. How does that help? How does that help me? So make it make sense. Um... We have to get into a mode to where if we see something, we say something. We have to stop letting it be, oh, what happens in this house stays in this house. And I've said that several times on different podcasts. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm so sick of hearing that. Because if, if someone had stood up for me, um, I probably could have achieved goals far more than I've achieved at this point. Now, thank God that I was able to achieve goals and I'm not done achieving them, but I probably could have accomplished a lot, a lot sooner and given my children a better, um, a better way of living um, than I was able to give them. But nevertheless, it's done. We're not going to focus on that. What we're going to do is keep moving forward. But what I'm asking of you is to, if you see something, say something. Stop let, allowing these children to self-medicate themselves with whatever they can find. Because this stuff is getting more toxic than it was when we were coming up. Um, and so you don't know what something is laced with. I, I've heard that they're putting fentanyl and, and um, marijuana these days. Uh, so, And then they were talking about uh, people were using THC in, in, the, in the vape pens. And it was causing uh, respiratory issues. So... All I'm asking is that you intercede if you do know of something. So, I didn't get any comments or questions tonight, which is great. I mean, tonight is just something I wanted to go over, something that was on my heart that I feel like we need to ha have the conversation um, because the future is here. The children that are coming up, they're seeing a lot. They're going through a lot. They're experiencing a lot. They went through a pandemic. I've never been through a pandemic. And if I know it, I know it, and I know it affected me as an adult, I can't imagine what it did for children. You know, my son struggled during the pandemic. Real bad. So I can't imagine. Um, and, and to be honest, he started vaping during that time because he was going through whatever he was going through. Um, and I wished I could have, you know, been there for him, you know, to kind of help him get through it. 
but it was something that I didn't even know how to how to um operate uh, operate with. So again, I'm not perfect. I'm not asking you to be perfect. All I'm saying is if you see something, say something. If you know a child, help a child. Um, and if you are a child, just know that there are other ways that you can release that same dopamine without without um the drug abuse. Take a walk, exercise, read a book, so many other things that you can do. Um, hang out with friends, positive friends, get involved in groups. Anything that makes you smile will give you that same amount of dopamine that you can get from doing a drug. So that's not your your um, end all be all. Um, Miss Nikki made a um, very nice point. She said that I would definitely make it my point to help anyone that crossed my path. I can't bear to lose anyone else to drugs. It's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking because once it takes them, it's hard to get them back. And you're not going to get them back the way that they left. Um, and so it's hard to see them at a different a, a different point. Um and their innocence is gone and all that good stuff. And, you know, so we want to be very mindful and especially with, and I know this is kind of off topic or an, another episode that we're going to talk about, but especially with people snatching our children off the streets, we have to be very careful. But what are they searching for? Are they searching for love? Is that the dopamine that they're missing? Are they searching for attention? Um, all these things that, that drive, drive our children, we have to be more cognizant of it because we can say, oh, there was nothing wrong with her. She just left because she's just being fast. Let me tell you something as someone who has left, not because I was being fast, but because I wanted something and somebody was going to give it to me and I wasn't thinking about the consequences. I could have been taken just like those girls or, or boys are being taken. It's not that. Someone grooms you before they take you. Grooms you, meaning they earn your trust before they take you. So while you sitting there allowing that child to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, and you're not paying attention to what it is that they're missing, and you're not paying attention to them, you know, being reclusive and, and staying in their room all the time and always on their phone, when you're not paying attention, someone else is paying attention. And they're going to give your child that rush that they're looking for and rush them right on out your door. And it's, it's hard to um, get those children back once they're being once they've been taken. I thank God that has not happened to anyone that I know personally. But I do know people who personally knew people who have left and have not been seen. It's becoming an epidemic in my book. So all I'm asking is for the children who feel like, you know, you need something to keep keep you going and, and make you feel good. There are a lot of things. Exercise is the number one thing that can can keep you um, keep releasing that dopamine that you need. You don't need the drugs. You don't need the um, sex. You don't need the things that make you feel whole, but are not. They're not making you whole. They're tearing you apart. And you're not ready for it.
So again, I appreciate you guys for joining me this Tuesday evening. Um, I hope you guys aren't getting bored with me because I'm just getting started. And if you are, never it doesn't matter because I'm still just getting started. Um, I do have some new things coming out of the, down the pipeline. So I hope that you guys continue to watch and continue to join and hopefully continue, um, not continue, but con um, hopefully come out and have a conversation with me so that I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you because I would love to hear someone else's point of view. Um, and be able to bounce questions off of you because this is just coming from me. Now, last week I, I was able to speak to one of my um, faithful um, people who joined it and got some insight, which is why we had the second conversation about self-esteem. And I appreciate her for that. But I would love for you guys to come and have the conversation and and um, let's break some curses. Let's do that. I'm tired of being locked in chains. I refuse to allow my niece and nephews and my sons to be locked in chains anymore. We're going to break them. So while I'm breaking mine, you come on over and help break yours as well. And invite your friends to join. Um, if you have any um, conversations that you want to talk about, again, my website, www.therealbrandyalexander.com. Um, you can go to the request page and, and leave me comments um, and I will get them and take them into consideration to bring to the show. Um, also, just to let you guys know, again, I talked about it last week and I told you guys that I was going to do it on a weekly basis. Um, my organization, Love First, as well as Love First Health Services, where we provide CPR services. Love First is where we provide free tutoring for youth. Um, and we are in the works of doing some big things. We have an event coming up in December, December 16th. So uh, if you're able to help us out and get some gifts that we need off of our uh, wish list for the uh, people that come in that may need it stuff, we're not saying homeless. We're saying anyone who needs the things that we are putting in the bags, I invite you to uh, go to um, Amazon. Um, and look up our name, and we do have a list for Friendsgiving uh, that we are looking for items from, as well as we are buying uh, cooking food. So it's going to be a very elegant evening for them. So if you want to donate, please reach out to us at um, lovefirsthealthservices.org um, and go to our website there and leave any information, and we'll get back to you about that. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. You guys have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.